This is a Federal News Network podcast. The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of federal marketing. Now, your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with the, uh, well, Scott, you tell them. Scott Jensen is the, what, executive director of the National Veterans Small Business Coalition? Thanks, Mark. It's uh, good to be here with you today. I've been in the role uh, as the executive director uh, coming up on almost a year now. Cool. Um, so let's let's start with a little bit of background of you. And uh, first of all, let me say thank you for your service, because I don't know if you were going to go back that far. Yeah, well, I mean, thanks. I appreciate that. And, you know, it was an honor to serve. I am a veteran. I served uh, 27 years in the Marine Corps. Um, retired in uh, 2016, so I'm about five years out and uh, spent uh, a good portion of my time in the Marine Corps as a helicopter pilot, but uh, near the end, uh, uh, moved into the behavioral programs for the Marine Corps. That's where I closed out my career uh, and then jumped into the nonprofit uh, space as a nonprofit executive, uh, first in higher education and then really focused on uh, veteran issues. Uh, and that led me to starting my own small business as a consultant um, with the passion for veterans and their families and, uh, and those who support veterans, uh, which ultimately kind of that confluence of nonprofit and veteran support space, being a small business owner, landed me at the uh, National Veteran Small Business Coalition, MVSBC, uh, um, as in this leadership role that I now serve here. With our uh, buddy, Scott Denniston. Yeah, yeah. Scott retired recently, or well, I guess not so recent, a year ago now, and handed the reins over to me, and uh, and we still uh, maintain uh, a really close connection. We we actually live really close to one another, so uh, both professionally and personally, we stay connected, and, and he is still engaged with us with NVSBC as a senior advisor as well. Cool. So let's, let's talk a little bit about NVSBC. Uh, coming up on an anniversary, I think. Yeah, this is our 10-year anniversary. Thanks for uh, acknowledging that. Uh, been around for 10 years, hard to believe. Uh, Scott Dennison and a, and a small band of others uh, founded the organization 10 years ago, focused on um, uh, veteran small business owners in the federal marketplace and providing a vehicle for them to uh, sustain, start, sustain, grow, succeed as veteran uh, business owners in the uh, federal marketplace. And, uh, and from there, we've just been uh, growing and, uh, and continuing to uh, present world-class training, networking, and advocacy opportunities, uh, you know, ensuring that federal procurement readiness for veteran-owned businesses, uh, maximizing their potential, and, uh, you know, taking a role as the lead uh, nationally in establishing a legislative and policy agenda for a veteran small business and, and cool. providing a voice. Yeah. I want to interject a, uh, uh, a little kind of a vignette about Scott and me, Scott Denniston and me. Uh, I did not know him. He was the Ostabu at the Veterans Administration for a number of years after he served. 
And uh, a friend of mine called me. He was down in Southern Virginia somewhere, Norfolk or Richmond. I don't know where. Uh, but he called and said, you should be here. And I said, where's here? And he said, well, we're, I'm at this conference. And the veteran Osnabu is holding up your, uh, your book saying, I have no clue who this guy is, but you have to read this book. <laughs> and it was my first book. Uh, so it goes back to 05. And, uh, and Scott and I got together shortly thereafter. And he bought you know, probably about 2,000 copies of my book to give out to the, uh, the regional uh, small business people. And fortunately the book was self-published. So I could cut him a deal where 2000 wasn't very expensive. So, uh, worked for him, worked for me. Um, yeah, and, uh, and, you know, he, he's, he did tremendous work at VA and, uh, when he started NVSBC, a number of us in on the outside of government were, we're ready to support them. So, yeah, well, we've grown. You know, we represent over 500 sm small businesses now and growing. That's over 10,000 veteran employees. We're in 42 states, District of Columbia, Puerto Rico. Um, we've got a broad representation across the nation. I mean, what they started 10 years ago has really uh, gotten traction and, and, really given us the opportunity, Mark, to promote policies and strategies that, you know, make sure that veteran small businesses are participating in federal contracting and, uh, and also giving veteran entrepreneurs, you know, opportunities with business, connecting them with primes and other federal leaders and making sure that, uh, that, that they know how to operate in a complex federal marketplace. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure when veterans come out, they hear about the veteran-owned small biz programs, and, uh, you know, their backgrounds may not match that with running a business, so you guys provide a tremendous amount of support for them there. Um, I'm surprised you only have, like, 500 members, because I, when I was looking up NVSBC on uh, on LinkedIn, I saw a number of chapters out there. Yeah. Yeah, we have four chapters represented right now. Our biggest one uh, is here in the D.C. area for obvious reasons. A lot of federal uh, yeah. contracting and representation goes on here. But uh, we have chapters in Florida, um, a very active chapter in the Mid-Atlantic out in uh, the Norfolk area. And, uh, you know, I think this year particularly – is a year where we're expecting to see that membership really take off, Mark. And, you know, we're going to talk about some specific issues of why membership in an organization like NBSBC matters to the small business people out there. And, uh, and there's a lot of good things going on. There's a lot of also just policy changes that are occurring right now as we speak that really dictate the need for those individual companies to be part of a larger coalition so they can be trained and understand the policies. So they have representation. And if those policies don't align with support for veteran small business and, uh, and get connected, it's, you know, it's always been a complex arena, the federal marketplace. It's becoming more and more complex and more and more um, restrictive in some regards 
and more and more challenging to finance and, and to find the funding and the resources to be able to operate in this environment. And, you know, we all know that, you know, federal contracting is almost like a black box, right? <laughs> Where you, you know, you go, oh my God, what's, what's this black box? How do I operate in there? Um, and it takes a group of people. It takes mentors and organizations like the coalition to be able to help open a door to that black box and help people get inside that black box and realize that there are in fact human beings on the other side of that wall that you can interact with and get business with. And, uh, you know, veterans have, veterans have signed up and, and made a commitment to this nation in a way that no one else has. Um, and they deserve everything that the federal government can offer them as far as opportunities. And there are a lot of opportunities in federal contracting, as we know. All that and, and more they deserve, but um, I'm not a policymaker, so I won't go there. Um, <laughs> Uh, at least online, I won't. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, th th this is a relationship-driven market, period. So when you can have the opportunity to meet with people with similar backgrounds, with similar problems, uh, then, you, you know, partnering, mentoring, all of these things start to occur. You can, you know... Going, I, I spoke at a couple of the uh, the DC chapters events back when events happened, um, and you could you, it's almost palpable. You can feel the camaraderie yeah. in those rooms. Yeah. Well, isn't you know, and isn't that isn't that a characteristic of veterans and and those who've served anyway? You know, you yes. I can take a group of veterans and put them in any restaurant, bar, tea house, pub, wherever it is, whether they've served together or not. And there's an instant connection and camaraderie there. And, and regardless of what they're there for, they'll start solving each other's problems for, for themselves. It's just in their nature. And, uh, you know, so you've seen that firsthand at the chapter dinners and other locations. We see it all the time down in our, in our VETS conference that, you, you know, when you first met Scott Dennison, somebody called and said, you got to get down here. Um, there, you know, you won't believe what's going on here, but, but particularly in this veteran community and the veteran small business community, um, it was brilliant to bring a coalition together because we are just extending that service that veterans are, are bred through their service in uniform, their commitment to others. And we see that every time we put veterans in a room together um, to, to help solve each other's problems to, to present new opportunities, to put, present opportunities in, in front of them and their brothers and sisters that they just wouldn't have necessarily seen uh, otherwise. Right. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. Scott Jensen is my guest, and he is the executive director of the National Small Business uh the National Veteran Small Business Coalition. I'll get this right. I, I know it, but I can't say it. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here today with Scott Jensen, the Executive Director of the National Veteran Small Business Coalition. Uh, and Scott, nvsbc.org, is that how they can find it? Absolutely. Okay, nvsbc.org. Um, let, let me uh, put in a plug here. Um, 
I've, I've attended some of these sessions. I know the founder very well. I'm beginning to know Scott Jensen pretty well, soon very well. But this is an extraordinary organization for people who truly deserve it. So if you know that, if you're listening to this and you know veterans, please aim them at the organization if they are a business owner or if they want to become a business owner. So, Scott, let's talk about a couple of uh, specific uh, veteran issues concerning uh, our, our market here. Start off with the Center for Verification and Evaluation. Yeah, Mark, uh, CVE. So Center for Verification Evaluation. I would say that this is going to be the hallmark topic for 2021 at the for veteran small business doing work with the federal government. So those who don't know, I mean, I'll give you a little bit of background. The, um, the Center for Verification Evaluation is an organization at the VA designed to um, verify and evaluate the credentials of veteran-owned businesses who want to do work with the Veterans Administration under their Veteran First policy. And uh, they certify or verify about 10,000 small businesses, veteran small businesses out there. Now there's a whole nother chunk of veteran-owned businesses who do work with the broader government who are what we call self-certified. They go into um, the systems for, uh, uh, for into SAM and they verify by self-declaration that they are a veteran-owned business. And that gives them access to work with any federal agency out there who is who's looking to work with a, ver- a federal, or, I'm sorry, with a veteran small business. This year, the National Defense Authorization Act directed that the activity of the CVE conducted at the VA will be transferred to the Small Business Administration and that that verification and certification process will now apply across the federal government. Now, to give you context to this, there are roughly 46,000 small businesses that are self-certified. The VA was certifying about 10,000 of those small businesses. So the SBA is getting ready to take on about 50,000 certifications over the next five to six years. And that certification is going to be mandatory to do government government work as a small business. This has to be accomplished by, according to the law, by January 1st of 2023. And so right now, SBA and the VA are, are working diligently to figure out how they're going to make this transition of this certification process and how they're going to uh, swallow the elephant, if you will, of 46,000 additional uh, small businesses that will need to be certified to do work with the federal government. Um, we're concerned about that. We think it's a good policy because, you know, it, it ensures everyone is playing from the same playing, level playing field. What we're concerned about are the resources and the timing and the disruption it could cause in the veteran sm- small business space um, if people aren't aware of it, they don't take action on it, and aren't prepared for that January 1st, 2023 deadline. Um, and there's actions across um, 
both the federal side, but also small businesses need to be aware that this is happening and aren't surprised uh, as this, as we close on that January 1st, 2023 deadline. Um, It's a funding and resource issue. Right now, the VA spends about $15 million a year just on those 10,000 certifications. Um, The SBA isn't funded to at the $15 million level, let alone whatever it would take to do 46,000 more of those types of certifications. Um, The funding the VA uses is not appropriated funds and uh, an NDAA did not identify a funding resource for SBA to use in this transition. Um, The VA at this point, CVE certification is as smooth as it's ever been in the last 10 years. And we wanna make sure that that it sustains that smoothness, that this transition doesn't create this disruption and time sink for veteran small businesses that need to be uh, certified. But more importantly, our industrial base could be at risk. If 46,000 companies all of a sudden have a challenge with getting federal contracts and, you know, organizations like the DOD and other large government agencies don't have access to those contractors because they're not certified in time. So we're keeping a very close eye on this. Uh, we, we have a great relationship with the folks at SBA. Uh, they, they're putting together their plan and we, we're maintaining um, good communications and meetings and, and um, providing our thoughts on the best way forward with this. Uh, but this is something that the veteran small business community really needs to stay focused on and be aware of and uh, and and know what's the truth and what isn't the truth out there, Mark. Yeah, the, the, the truth always gets muddied because when people <clears throat> who may mean well reiterate, often they'll change certain things. And I see that a lot. Yeah. And then I see scammers who, you know, say, well, we can help you with this and they don't know squat about it. Yeah. Um, will, will at least the 10,000 that have been certified by VA stay certified? Yeah. And, and that's the nice thing about it. I mean, VA and SBA are playing very well together. You know, they know what for the, once for once uh, maybe, but uh, they know what, they know what the risks are, um, you know, and, and they face some challenges in getting that done. But, but the key point to this is, you know, V, CVE certification is renewed every two years. Um, that CVE certification from the VA will be honored by the SBA as this transition occurs. And that's one of our, you know, I mean, if you want a, a foot stomp point to all of this, businesses that have not been certified from the VA should be seriously considering right now going and get certified so that that certification carries over into the, the 2023 year. And, and that way they avoid being lumped into a big bubble of businesses that don't pay attention to this timeline. So whether they do business with the VA or not, now is the time for many of these veteran small businesses who want to do work with the federal government to go ahead and get CVE certified because we know that the VA process is as streamlined as it can be. They will get it done. It'll be done in the next few months. That will buy them almost a full year before they have to face recertification through the SBA. And uh, and again, one of the one of the points we're trying to make here with with everyone is 
let's sustain and maintain the same requirements so that when it does come time to reapproach them with the SBA certification, it, you're not starting with a whole new set of requirements. Yeah. So, um, the other thing that I think is real important that that goes beyond just the veteran small business uh, category, um, but you know goes to the women-owned, the A-A, and the hub zone, is what we would really like to see. Since all those are now going to fall under the SBA, and there's really about eighty percent of the requirements for each one of those certifications are identical that now is really the right time to align all those certifications so that a business goes in and does the 80% and then only has to do the 20% to become veteran, the 20% to become women-owned, the 20% to become A-Day, you know, and we eliminate so much bureaucratic burden because many of our constituents are are also A-Day, HUBZone, or women-owned or eligible to be certified. And what we're finding in the small business community is sometimes because of resource restrictions, just just the process of time and money to to apply for certification. You know, you may have a women owned business that doesn't opt to go veteran certified or a a veteran certified that doesn't opt to go women owned because they can't afford the time. So we ought to be simplifying that while we're in the process of all of this, Mark. Well, you know, Steve Coprins pointed out to me a long time ago that there are more requirements for small business than there are for large. And, uh, you know, the, and it, it's stupid because the large business can afford hoops. Small businesses, as you just pointed out, often find themselves uh, resource shy when it comes to all these things. And then you overlay things like CMMC or whatever the next uh, requirement is on top of that. And, you know, half of them are starting to think this market isn't worth my time. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's only, it's only hurting the industrial base. You know, we've, this nation has been built on the backs of small business and, uh, and we can't be chasing out small business, whether they're veteran owned or, or any one of the other categories of, small businesses simply because the bureaucratic demands are, uh, are, are restricting their ability to, to function as a business. And right. you know, there's a, a lot more to be said about funding and equity. We can get into that, you know, with unfunded mandates. Um, you know, that's a, that's a whole nother topic that we are really focused on and concerned about. Well, if we have time today, maybe we'll get there. But right now, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. Uh, Scott and I shall return right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here with Scott Jensen of the National Veterans Small Business Coalition. Uh, Let me reiterate. If you know a veteran-owned business, ask if they're a member. Uh, if they're not, encourage them to do so. If they've never heard of uh, NBSBC, please tell them to get in touch with uh, Mr. Jensen immediately. Uh, you can find Scott on, uh, on LinkedIn, and you can also find him at nvsbc.org. Um, so, Scott, let's talk about some of those uh, uh parity issues you were you were talking about um set aside goals um and and anything else that occurs 
Yeah, so Mark, you know, I spent a lot of time obviously talking to our members and engaging with them. And one of the top questions I get very frequently is, you know, why isn't this particular federal agency uh, meeting their goals? Or, you know, why is it so hard for me to do business with them? And, and, uh, and oftentimes, you know, we'll look at that federal agency and say, well, they're not meeting their, their uh, service disabled veteran owned small business set aside goals. And, uh, and we, you know, we want to challenge those organizations, those federal agencies that, that are out there that aren't meeting their goals to, to pay attention to, uh, to those mandated goals and start, uh, start, start meeting them. Uh, we have 24 federal agencies by law have SBA directed uh, set aside goals, which is set right now at 3%. And we'll talk about the percentage here in just a second. Uh, what happens is, is the federal government on home meets their set aside goals and they applaud themselves for that, um, you know, by, by meeting and exceeding their set aside goals for veteran business. But when you start peeling back the uh, onion a little bit, you realize that um, the VA with A being one of the largest agencies in the federal government and having the vets first policy, um, you know, gives about 24% of their uh, business to, to the veterans. So, so that 24% tends to eclipse a whole bunch of other agencies that aren't quite meeting their 3% goal, you know, and really makes that look like the federal government is achieving their set aside goals when in fact they could do better. And uh, there's, you know, around half of the 24 that, uh, that aren't meeting their, their federal set aside goals. And uh, we would like them to do better. And we're continuing to press them to do better and to look for ways to make to ask for more accountability in those set aside goals. Um, and, and we've been very successful in engaging with um, federal agencies, uh, with OSDEBU directors who are very interested in, in doing right. They want to do right. They want to meet their goals. And uh, oftentimes uh, they either need some help in discussing uh, how to do that. Uh, there might be misunderstanding about what veteran business actually bring to the table. We'd love to dispel that. You know, we want to meet with federal leaders and help dispel any concerns they may have that their contracting or program officers may have about the quality and the capabilities of veteran-owned businesses and what they can bring to the table. I guarantee you, if there is a opportunity for a set-aside in any federal agency's small business opportunities, there's a there's a small business owned by a veteran that can meet the requirement, and uh, and we just want to make sure that that parity is maintained. the The other question we have that we want to see changed is there's a, a distinction between some of the socioeconomic categories in that two of them are set at three percent, including veteran, and two of them are set at five percent, and. Uh, there is no rhyme or reason to why there isn't parity in that percentage. And as more and more veteran small businesses grow, we think that that, that percentage set aside should grow to 5%. And uh, there should be equality across all of the socioeconomic categories for all of the reasons we understand for service-disabled veteran-owned small businesses. Uh, we've alluded to it before. Veterans have committed uh, much more than 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 so many other members of the our nation, they show great resiliency. They're great business owners, um, but the nation owes them a, a, a debt of gratitude. And I we don't think that it's too much to ask to at least have parity with those percentages 
um, moving forward. So we're, you know, we're asking for accountability to meet the goals and to change for those goals to all be equal across the board. I don't think you need to qualify that one statement that they're owed a debt of gratitude. They're simply owed a debt, period. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the gratitude should be implied. The access to uh, business with the federal government or tax money should be a given. Yeah, and so, you know, now is the time again to shine a light on this uh, because of so much that's going on focused on, smetter, on small business growth. Uh, with the Biden administration and the plans that they're uh, rolling out. Um, you know, the president just yesterday rolled out a uh, plan uh, to increase small business um, set-asides by $100, million, or $100 billion. Um, and uh, we want to make sure that, that that is reflected across all of the socioeconomic categories. Right. Um, and, and that it's done fairly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was I was going to mention that because, uh, I mean, on the surface, it's a great policy. Depending on how they parse it, though, that's where, you know, rubber meets road or somebody gets run over. Yeah, we we're keeping a very close eye on this. We you know, we want three percent to go to five percent for parity right now. We want federal agencies to be held accountable for meeting those goals. And then anything in the future that changes those goals or increases, we want it to be done across the board, not just in one particular category. And I think that's important. And I will say it's important enough to us, Mark, that each year we we uh, we recognize and award champions of small business from each of the federal agencies and the prime contractors who meet their federal goals. And we present those awards down at our uh, at our annual conference. And uh, again. Uh, really appeal to all the, the government contractors out there, the large primes and the federal agencies and their leadership. Look us up. If you're meeting your goals, make sure we know about it so we can recognize you and award you. I mean, we, we want to give you credit for that, that work on behalf of the small business that you're, you're doing. And there are so many that are doing great work. So it's not, it's not all bad, uh, bad news. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I know several companies uh, that that you know start with who who they're going to offer subcontracts to, and they have you know a a uh, a priority for the SVD, <clears throat> excuse me, the service disabled veteran owned businesses. Um, so, and not surprisingly, most of them are in the defense community. Yeah, yeah. So, but not all. But not all. Yeah. So um, we touched on this before, but, you know, there, there's a lot of onerous things for small businesses, particularly those unfunded mandates. Yeah. Uh, dip into that for a moment, please. Okay. Yeah. Just, I mean, just just briefly, but, you know, we're seeing more and more requirements placed on business to do to do business with the government. Um, one, you know, you mentioned it earlier, CMMC, the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, uh, currently a policy at uh, Department of Defense, will soon become policy at uh, Department of Homeland Security once DOD has, has, has sussed out all of the requirements. Um, look, Mark, we all know that cybersecurity is important, and we've seen the impact if we don't have our cybersecurity together. 
So no one is arguing or suggesting that we shouldn't, you know, serve with excellence. It's a zero, that should be a zero failure policy when it comes to cybersecurity. But what is happening for small businesses is um, we're creating these policies that put such resource demands in both people, time, and money that we want to make sure we're keeping a very close eye on the implementation of these policies and that companies are maintaining and aware of the requirements for them to do business with the federal government. So A, they're being trained and they know what qualifications they need, but we also need to keep an eye on the cost. And, you know, CMMC is a, is a prime example of, you know, this is a third party certification requirement. A company has to go to someone else and pay them um, for multiple steps to become certified through the CMMC process. Um, and not only are there multiple steps just to get there, but there are multiple tiers, you know, one through five, depending on the, um, on the type of information that they're interacting with. You know, if they're launching missiles and, and working in highly tech, high classified areas, a company is going to need to get to level five certification. <laughs> but if they're providing seat covers for Humvees, they really only need to be at a, at a level one or so of certification. And the reality is, is level one certification is, is equivalent to about what a company needs to do right now to meet the requirements of the federal government. We just want to make sure that everyone understands what the costs are. And as we see all the opportunities roll out and things like PPP and shuttered venue type of, uh, of financial relief, that we start looking at how to provide financial relief to small businesses who have to meet the requirements of some of these unfunded mandates, whether that's through federal grants, whether that's, you know, through some other type of, of government activity so that, uh, so that these folks can meet their requirements. And then the other thing that we need to keep an eye on is that we don't, that government contractors don't inflate the level of things like CMMC tier requirements. It, we see it quite frequently where it just becomes convenient to put level five on every contract and someone who's providing socks to DOD now has to meet a $250,000 CMMC certification requirement to simply sell a product to the government that doesn't require any type of um, classification to do the work. So right. you know, a couple of things we want to keep an eye on when it relates to those types of things. Yeah. And every, every time the government comes up with one of these programs, it spawns a cottage industry that actually is probably necessary. But, you know, if they wrote the regulations in language that people could understand, it might reduce the cost for the small businesses. Um, you know, I don't know how many of the hoops are actually necessary or not. I haven't studied the issue that closely, but usually things can be simplified and they're just not. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'll return to wrap up with Scott right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with Scott Jensen, the executive director now in his second, starting his second year at the National Veterans Small Business Coalition. And by the way, NVSBC is, is uh, celebrating its 10th anniversary now. 
which is very cool. NVSBC.org. So, Scott, let's talk about the elephant in the room for uh, for any small, and that is funding. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's an interesting dilemma that we face. A couple of things that are really, you know, staring us in the face. One thing is this whole idea of where funding comes from and getting access to funds. And, uh, you know, you typically have two choices, right? You can go into debt or you can find some equity partners. And, uh, and the challenge that we face is, okay, most veterans who are getting out and starting a business probably don't have uh, the assets needed to qualify for the amount of um, loans and debt financing that they need. Uh, but then we have this other little challenge with small business to qualify as a veteran-owned small business is the uh, control and uh, an ownership issue. And, you know, you have to have 51% control, 51% ownership of your business to qualify. Many of those who want to invest in equity investment want to have more control than, than is allowed for the business to maintain their, uh, their uh, small business, uh, veterans-owned small business uh, uh, certification. And so we, you know, that we really are challenged with the way we get access to, of, for money to those who want to start a business, those who want to maintain a business, grow a business, or pay for things like CMMC and, and uh, the certifications that they need. You need access to resources. So we've been really working closely with a group of uh, merger and acquisition banks, uh, small business uh, loan institutions, to really take a look at the policies that are out there and, uh, and, and start finding creative ways um, to work with, you know, that equity financing community to see if they can find a better way to go approach this. Perhaps look at the laws and the policies that exist and say, okay, the 51% rules, are there ways that we can put language into that that would, would make it easier for access to the funds? And then, you know, how do we get better offsets and grants uh, to these businesses. Uh, one thing we're taking a close look at is right now the cap for a small business loan is $5 million. Guess what? Things have grown, right? You know, that cap ought to be at 10 million or more these days. And so we want to look at, uh, at how we create opportunities for more access um, to these. <laughs> this is compounded, Mark, by the fact that 75% of veteran-owned businesses are owned by someone over the age of 55. In 10 years, that's going to be over the age of 65. We have this big bubble of veteran-owned businesses owned by veterans who've poured their lives into their companies and who are looking for a way to continue their legacy by either selling to someone else or getting that down to another veteran at a fair price who can continue their legacy that they know they can trust. And we really want to be at the, uh, the center of being able to support those types of transactions and those businesses. As we see this aging bubble of veteran owners um, find the right exit strategy where they get what they deserve from their company while perhaps helping a younger veteran step into a space where they can be successful as a veteran business owner as well. Right. That novation process would be extremely tricky because there's probably no current legislation or policy that directs it. Is that accurate? I think so. And, and I think that it's old. And, uh, and again, you know, the, 
with the growth and the size of the opportunities out there, um, we, you know, we just need to relook at that. And, you know, it's to your point, it, this isn't a one year, two year solution. This is a three or four or five years of being able to look at these policies and, and perhaps the legislation needed to, to modify these requirements. Um, but it's not going to go away. It's going to continue to grow as an issue. Um, and we really think that, you know, entrepreneurship through acquisition is a viable means for young veterans, new veterans to take a step in and, uh, and get access into any small business market, whether that's in the federal marketplace or, or elsewhere. But we have to address how they get access to that, those funds to be able to, to, to make these purchases. Yeah, the, the fun, I mean, that that's a whole industry unto itself, the funding of, of contracts for, you know, veterans or any, uh, yeah. any small company. Um, and it, it, it gets tricky. So the more you can educate your members on that, you know, the, the better off everybody's going to be. Um, so, uh, and I have, I have a fairly extensive network in the government market. So if you see anybody that I know who can help, let me know, and I will definitely lean on them to provide some assistance. Well, Mark, let me tell you about something we did recently. We hosted a two hour seminar with a collection of equity banks, business schools, other nonprofits. Um, our co-host, SB Liftoff, up in the D.C. area, uh, came together and brought in over 500 participants in, an, in a symposium called Vets 21 Entrepreneurship Through Acquisition. And this is our first step towards bringing together a, a large group of people to help address these funding issues. And we're really excited about extending this discussion into our VETS conference in November, which I'll touch on in a second, and then and look to host this type of a symposium. Hopefully next year we're going to go in person with this entrepreneurship through acquisition um, symposium. But, but we're trying to really bring in a collective group of problem solvers to start addressing this and connecting people, connecting the resources to the small business owners and potential small business owners who want to get started in this arena. Cool. Um, all right. So we have a couple of minutes left here. So um, let's touch on some very specific tips for, uh, for smalls, uh, particularly our SV uh, small, yeah, the veteran owned small business. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I touched on it again, and I can't reiterate it enough, Mark, that this CVE transition from the VA to the SBA is, is something critical to veteran-owned small businesses who want to do work with the federal government. It is going to change the face of access to federal contracting in the next two years. They need to be aware of it. They need to get educated on it. And, and I am telling you, right now is the time to go to the VA and start your CVE certification so that you're ahead of that bubble of tens of thousands of small businesses who are going to be playing catch up here in, in, in less than a year and a half. And, uh, you know, you can't go wrong with that. Take the time now to invest. That's my number one point. Number should, should, should companies uh, who are already verified get re-verified now? 
they, if they're verified, they'll come up for re recertification. They can't, uh, they can't, I wouldn't can't suggest jumping yeah. ahead or anything, but Got I would it. just monitor their certification. And, uh, and, and particularly if it expires prior to the transition, be ready for it, get, get recertified right then and there. And then they'll, they'll have a good overlap of this transition where it will be likely the most disruptive period and they can sit back and watch everybody else struggle for a little while. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that's going to help out the SBA by spreading out this certification requirement across all of these businesses. I would also say there's a narrative out there that says CVE is being abolished, that it's going away. I cannot emphasize strongly enough. It is not going away. The requirement is transferring to the Small Business Administration. It is not going away. And, it, and there will be a federal agency that is overseeing the certification of small businesses doing work with the federal government. There are no private agencies right now that are taking over any of that responsibility. So don't be fooled by some, anyone out there who suggests that you need to go to them and pay them money for that certification. It will not be honored by the federal government. Right. That's now. yeah. Another one of the scams. I hate yeah. that. <clears throat> All right, so, so next, federal policies. Yeah, I think, you know, we've talked on federal policies and laws and how they influence. You know, the importance of being part of a coalition is having representation, having a voice in Washington with legislators, with federal leaders, you know, and small businesses struggle to understand what the rules mean, how policies and legislation affect them, the best thing you can do is join an organization that is advocating on your behalf and lending your voice and, and oh, by the way, educating you on, on that. And, and I know the burden of all the things demanded of a small business owner. I am a small business owner, but the importance of having someone else in your corner worrying about and dealing with it and representing it without you having to create a fuss with a federal leader is vitally important. So, you know, those two things alone, getting educated on CVE, staying informed of it, and having the policy representation are, are just key points of why organizations, small businesses need to join small business coalitions like NBSBC so that they can get access and representation in that networking, advocacy, and the training arenas. And if I didn't believe that, you wouldn't be here. That's right. I mean, I, I, and you're absolutely right about that, Mark. And, and you know, it, the, the other point which we made is, and I, this is another important one, particularly for those who aren't working with the federal government but want to, is remember the federal government is made up of actual human beings. It is, you know, it's all about relationships. Don't be intimidated by that black box we were talking about earlier, but get engaged get connected with others who work in that space, learn how to engage with those humans on the federal market side. They, they're just like you and me. You pick up the phone, you ask them questions, they answer the questions. Miraculously, you start forming a relationship and those relationships are what build to opportunities in any marketplace, but particularly in the federal marketplace. All right, Scott, I can't thank you enough for joining me today, man. Um, Scott Jensen, the National Veterans Small Business Coalition, NVSBC, 
dot org. You can find Scott Jensen as J E N S E N on LinkedIn. And uh, this is not my day job. I do advise companies on all aspects of marketing to the government, but I focus on uh, recently, especially on social selling, leveraging LinkedIn, building uh, a subject matter expert position in the market. If that resonates, drop me a line, Mark Amtower at Gmail. And thanks for listening to Off Center. You've been listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Tune in Mondays at noon or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.